Joey Small comes into these like <laughs> fucking Smokey Bear, and then what did I call him? Brunch, hit it, boys. It feels, Pete, like sometimes, like, like sometimes we're, uh, it's like we're up to no good or something. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the boys get a little mischievous. It's crazy because sometimes we're not as up to no good, and then we find ourselves in situations such as this past week where I feel I'm being a little bit more mischievous. I feel like Pete's being a little bit more mischievous. We're both being more mischievous. This is the third fucking time we tried to start this fucking episode. And it was legitimately the fucking Tim Heidecker Coke versus Pepsi joke. Where he keeps saying, uh, so I went to see the new Batman. Oh, no. I said, uh, went to see the new Batman the other day. No, I'll use something more, more, more relevant like Transformers. I went to see the new Transformers movie. There, I don't want to complain too much. We've been using a service for recording stuff and you can just say you already tweeted at them being like you fucking suck <laughs> i am but they but they have good customer service does does riverside and we're working with it but we are encountering and per- perhaps these could be user errors that we haven't encountered with any other thing and i know a bit about audio you've been doing the podcasting game for a hundred years pete uh, the, these aren't things that we've encountered in other areas but no. It, it could be us, but we are going to – they're, they're very nice. Their CEO has been working with me like directly, which uh, anybody who wants to talk to me directly, I think they're the salt of the earth. Yeah. Quite I frankly. mean it's, it's frustrating because like it seems like it's so close to an incredible service. Yeah. But what we've been having trouble with is audio. And that is 50% of the service that they're offering. They're offering uh, like video and audio services that are like 4K, pretty pretty intuitive. And uh, we've had a lot of audio issues. And uh, that is a big problem. That's 50% of the issue for us. Their so. service is the best idea and I will never stop paying for it because it's such a good idea. It's like, it's like any relationship or job or something where you believe in what it can be so much. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I cannot and will not walk away from this thing that could be that. I can fix it. And it's her. like, it is not that, though. <laughs> right now. And it is, it, it, me, we in Riverside have a very I can fix it sort of relationship going on. We see the positives, but we're, gonna, we're trying to ride it out and wait for it to fully come around. So you've probably heard audio issues on the last two bonus episodes uh, coming from my end. And... Pete has been uh, wisely doing backup audio recordings of himself. So we've been able to save him and we haven't been able to really save mine. And now we're both doing backup audio things, which as you said, it's like, well, that's if we're doing the audio part ourselves and then matching it up later. The worst part is, is that like in the past two bonus episodes, I told you before we started going, I was like, "Hey, you should you should uh, record a backup of your audio," and you were like, "Nah." No, stubbornly, I, I, I was like, "It, it can't." Th- but but then that's not the service. 
<laughs> you're right. I mean, it's it's like ignoring red flags. Your we're using is, this. Your or friend we're not. is like, I don't know about this. You should maybe uh, take care of yourself. Do a little backup plan. And you're like, no, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. And you're like, ah, shit, I should have paid attention to those red flags. We, I won't spend another minute on this because yes, there is zero on. chance anyone fucking cares. Right. Yeah. But that could explain there, – there was no way we were going to be able to get through the third intro in a row without – This was more for us than it was for the listener. Anyway, okay. So now hopefully we're not going to be little crybabies the, the rest of the episode. But for real, we've been up to a little bit of mischief and uh, that, that comes in the form of the current existence of the Brunch Twitter account. Yeah, celeb news. Celeb news now. Celeb news now. Why does that sound? Why is that so hard coming out of my mouth, as opposed to reading it? You celeb nailed it news the first now. two times. We I know it's, this it's, <laughs> yeah, crushed right. it. Uh, celeb new, news now is our new uh, bit on Twitter, and it's just shit posting. <laughs> um, like, what would you what would you uh, liken it to in reality? Bad TMZ aggregators. Okay. Yeah. Like like those um just like those pop culture Twitter accounts that basically farm engagements. Yes. Yeah, and so we're shit posting as one of those. I put celeb news now on it as like the last afterthought. The idea was more of just like we wanted to get a certain tweet out there and we're like, okay, we'll make it look like one of those stupid things. And I didn't realize till you were doing the second one, you were like, Celeb News Now is CNN. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> it's so good. So now we are uh, cosplaying as CNN, but Celeb News Now. Uh, and the f- the first two tweets have been kind of bangers. And I think that we're going to we're going to really steer into that over the coming weeks. So brace yourself. And by coming weeks, I, I mean, probably like eight months. Yeah. The uh, the first one. The first one was because of um, The Last of Us, which we're for sure going to talk about this episode there is this meme going around. I did, I did, I don't totally understand it, but everybody's tweeting that somebody's in a relationship with Margot Robbie, and they're using the same picture, and people are falling for her like, oh, no, like my little brother's in a relationship with Margot Robbie or something like that. Uh, like fringe athletes who are like bouncing between the minors and the majors are now da- da- dating Margot Robbie, and it's it's so stupid. But like, I'm I'm on board with with stupid meme trends. Like that's what the internet used to be. Let's get back to those days. We want to do one of those uh, tweets, and uh, I want to do one of those tweets. And was asking, I was like, hey, should it be phrased this way? Should it be done? like I was asking for your like your Twitter expertise, and you were like, to be honest, I'm not even sure if this one's gonna like uh, catch. Yeah, I said I don't think that it was gonna land. Yeah. Um, and I was wrong. I was wrong. It landed. And uh, not only did it land, it birthed a new era of the Brunch tr- Twitter account, which I'm very I'm very cool with leaning into um, like specific chapters of our uh, of our Brunch Twitter account. Like the last nine months or so has just been like we had the baseball. <laughs> we kept the baseball <laughs> picture for some reason. Yeah. Um, and like we've always kind of done that with a little bit with the Brunch tr- Twitter account, but it was – initially with the people that we followed, like we'd always follow two people and we would change those chapters. Um, I'm, I'm definitely cool with like just creating like a um, sort of like this, this monster of a Twitter account that changes every six months or so yeah. into something else. So uh, that that's at listen to brunch on Twitter, by the way. So I, um, 
I needed you to be in on this so badly that when you said, I'm not sure if this is going to catch on, I DM'd the tweet to uh, a few Bruntouchables Mm -hmm. and said, hey, I need you to retweet this and please (laughs) don't tell Pete. And... Once people see, because this is just how the, like the world works. This is how people buy Taylor Swift albums. This is how people do a lot of things. Like once you see your friend has retweeted a tweet and that tweet's got like, that tweet's a minute old and it's got like 12 retweets. Way more likely to buy in. Suddenly you're like, oh, that's a good tweet. I'm going to retweet yeah. that. We've done the thing of like, if I, like if I send a tweet from my Twitter account, uh, will mm-hmm. it uh, take off or... If I text it to you, like, hey, word for word, do this, it comes from like a big fault. It comes a big account with a lot of fault. Like the the circumstances are just right for that to to play. So I needed I needed you to think that this was a good idea. You just needed that initial just momentum, so you, that little push. Just so then we would it would have you. Because the next day you came up with the next one. Which I think is a was a million times better. Which is that uh, that uh, you people has passed James our uh, avatar in global earnings. That that one was that one was very very funny to me because it it involves something that I really didn't like, uh, which is you people. We'll discuss you people at some point on this episode. Didn't like you people, but the idea of something that like I thought was pretty bad passing James Cameron and and how much I hate James Cameron, I thought that was a a good a good combo and it, it made me laugh. I don't, it, as of right now, not performing as well as the first one, but get out there if you're listening to this. Get out there and retweet the fact that Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy's rom com hashtag you people has passed hashtag Avatar Way of the Water with two point one billion in global earnings. I'll send a few DMs. That that'll get retweets. Don't 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 you worry. That, that's that's gonna get quite a few. And I'll tell you what I've been doing a little bit recently. What's up? The the unretweet a day later and tweet it again. <laughs> you ever do that? Let's just give it another shot. Get some more eyeballs. Well, back in the writing days when people would tweet their stories, uh, that move was called the uh, for the PM crowd. You ever oh, remember that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was something? a lot of uh, a lot of um, I I see why am I yep yep in case you missed it and then just reposting a, an old link before you could uh, retweet yourself yeah uh, yeah maybe we should get back into that I do some uh, pregame reading pregame reading like oh. I'd be sitting down to the press box eating some candy be like let me tweet that story I tweeted thirty minutes ago mm-hmm. hey you want some pregame reading now. Check it out. I got just the thing for you. That you know became that? uh that become became irrelevant with the for you tab. Like cuz now that if people are are sticking around on the for you tab on Twitter, like it's not chronological. So mm. if something if something hits, it's going to stick around. Yo, I feel bad. I am re- I'm muting a bunch of people who I don't know. And maybe if I met them in real life, I'd like them, but they're just all over my for you thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, one was like a youngish person who was trying to make a joke about an old person, but it was really like, okay, no, like it was actually you that misunderstood this thing. And did they say that they were worthless? 
No. Mm. That was uh, in one of the replies. Yeah, from you. <laughs> but shit like that. But I'm like, hey, like that that stinks. Now I know if I ever meet this person because their Twitter got U2 uh, albumed to me. If any of you get that reference, sure remember do. when U2 put the that, – that happens also in the movie Popstar where uh, Connor puts his new album in everybody's uh, refrigerator. So the refrigerator just automatically starts playing his album and everyone's pissed. They don't want to hear that shit. Yeah, that's the, like, I'm, but I'm, I'm muting people. And you typically if I mute somebody, it means they did it. something to deserve it. Yeah. But this person is doing something for their audience that isn't for me. And now I'm like slamming the door in their face saying, get away from me. That stinks for that person. It's big old person behavior. They're just trying um, to be a stupid young person in the company yeah. of other stupid young people. Yeah. And like, I, I don't want, I, I don't, I don't want to blame people. Like if, if, if I show up in their feed and it's not what they, what, not what they want. But, like, you don't have to respond to those people. I, I just don't like when people respond to that and they're like, who cares? So, like, that that's the only thing that bothers me. It's like, you don't have to. You can ignore it. I ignore, like, 95% of tweets that come across my timeline. I don't have yeah. to respond to everyone that I don't like being like, who cares? I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. Uh, it's you big old per- person behavior to be like, well, I, I unsubscribe. <laughs> Brutal. Just to shit that out. Uh, one of the things, though, that has been popping up all over the place uh, on my For You page and for just like it's a person that I don't follow. Well, I didn't follow, but I do now. Joey Swole yes, man, has yes. had the, the biggest, the biggest like For You bump in the history of Twitter. He just came across my Twitter a million times. I saw him on like uh TikTok. I've seen like his videos a few times before, but I feel like over the past 2 weeks I haven't gone a single day without seeing a Joey Swole video. I love Joey Swole so much. For those of you who don't know who Joey Swole is, he's a person who takes people uh shaming others at the gym via tiktok social media you know like the the hidden camera thing like look how weird this person is behind me or like look how dumb this per this person doesn't know what this machine's called or like hey what's this, this guy's problem me he or, must or be or a like creep and, me yeah. yeah just like bad stuff and then he posts stitch coming in three <laughs> two and then it cuts to him and it's like a big close-up on his face and he's like hey Gotcha, motherfucker. What do you think you're doing? Don't do that. That is so mean. Do you know how intimidating a place the gym can be? I try to be as polite as I can to everybody. Why aren't you being polite? That gentleman was asking if he could help you with uh, your plates because it looked like you were struggling with them. And then you, like, I don't know, like, uh, called him, like, a racial slur or something like that. Don't do that. And I'm like, yeah, don't do that. I have yet to see this guy miss, and it's and like you, I th- I would assume that like somebody coming across a Joey Swole video, uh, just based on like aesthetic, this gigantic guy about to be like stitch incoming, I'm gonna drop some shit. People being like, oh no, what is this guy gonna say? Especially when it involves like a woman who's like, hey, this guy's being creepy to me at the gym, and it just seems like, oh no, no, what the hell is this guy gonna say about it? But he's never missed. He always has like the right 
takeaway. He always has the right message to send where it's like, yeah, women do get harassed at the gym and they can be made to feel uncomfortable all the time. But you know what? This case is not one of them because you are being the asshole here. And it's just all of that. And I, I love this guy. He's, he's funny. He seems to be very smart and very opportunistic. So uh, shout out to Joey Swole. And yeah, and, and to uh, clarify, in case anybody hasn't seen these videos, uh, we're, we're obviously not pretending like, oh, we know their perspective, blah, blah. Like, the videos that he's talking about are ones in which people are legitimately, like, baiting Doing people and yeah. tricking and, like, trying to trick people into, like, hey, look, like, I'm going to do something weird. I'm going to go mess with this guy's stuff. And then when he looks over at the camera... I'm going to like it's No, the the best one was really the, gross. The best one was a girl that set up her camera and uh was doing like a handstand on a plate at the gym and there was like a guy in the background who like looked over and she was like check out this creep like looking at me or watching me during my sets and it was just like my brother in Christ, you're doing a handstand on a plate at the gym. <laughs> yeah, like you're doing an absurd thing in public. People are going to look at you. It doesn't mean that they're like harassing you or like want to fuck you or whatever. Like it's just you're being a person who's drawing attention to themselves. And also you're posting this video on the internet. You want people to look at it. So I've – and he always ends everything with you need to do better. And you think, all right, cool. That's a nice little sign-off. But that ain't the sign-off. He then comes over the top with mind your own business. (laughs) I thought about it, and Joey Swole is the Smoky Bear of the internet. Yes, you don't want yeah. you don't want you don't want old old Smoky Bear on your case. Like when I was a kid, you didn't want Smoky Bear on your case. You don't want to do something that ends up having Smoky Bear come over and be like, "See, kids, that this kid's an asshole. Don't be like him. He fucking started a fire." We hate him. And I would be like, damn, you're right, Smokey Bear. Got my ass. Joey Smole comes into these like <laughs> fucking <Smole>. Smokey Bear. <laughs> and then what did I call him? Joey Smole. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we should definitely do celeb news now and do Joey Smole. And it's just Joey Swole, <laughs> but made into a, like a little person. <laughs> so do you know, I'm, I'm sure you have you heard Smole before? Yeah, SMOL. S M O L, yes, Joey Small, but that makes that, but that makes me feel bad because it's like making fun of a guy that we love and yeah. mocking him. But that's such a good idea. We gotta do it. I'm just overtired. I'm sorry, uh, but I, I, I think that Small. I don't think I've ever said the word before. Not out loud. No. But I have. Uh, I'm thinking of one friend in particular who uh, would. She'd call her dog Small. Mm-hmm. A lot. And her dog was fucking gigantic. Her dog was just like a monster. And I thought it was like, I just thought it was the cutest fucking thing. She'd be like, look at this. She'd like to send a picture of this dog, this gargantuan dog. Like, look at the small boy. And I was like, that's the fucking, that's the the cutest fucking thing in the world. Calling a big ass dog S-M-O-L. Joey Small is such a good idea. <laughs> Let's work small into celeb news now, where it's like uh, Zendaya and her small boyfriend, and it's Tom Holland. Yes, yeah. No, uh, what's his shit? Uh, uh, Nick Offerman has been 
has received an Emmy nomination for his small role. <laughs> Best in small the, role. In The Last of Us, in parentheses, one episode. Best small role. He only had a small... He was just a small little character. When we do our uh, when we do our Oscars stuff, instead of best supporting actress, we have to do best small actress. <laughs> best small actress. Ariana Grande famously did not take an acting role this year. Maybe next time. Oh, that is the best. Hell yes. Uh, uh, man, we're getting ourselves into a, a, a small. I was gonna say a little trouble, but like small. I, mean, I don't know. I know. Next time I go to get coffee, I'm gonna ask for a small. Uh, well, yeah, we love, we love Joey Swole. I'm very happy that, uh, as, as fucked up as it is, I'm very happy that this, like, gym exposure trend has kind of hit its, hit, like, its apex on the internet, because number one, we got, uh, Joey Small videos, and number two, we got, uh, like, people making, guy, like, gym TikTokers making fun of, like, the fact that they're terrified of, ending up on uh like one of these videos and all of that content has been very funny to me too oh is that like, is that so oh no, yeah, no, like, yeah the like, ones are like like guys like, training to not look at anybody at the gym so yeah. that they don't get exposed all of those videos have been very funny to me yeah the fact yeah. that like the fact that it's now become like a meme that you can't you can't you can't look anywhere when you go to the gym you just have to look straight ahead and you can't even make eye contact with anybody is funny to me do you think we could get joey small on no, I- I've tweeted at him uh, several times, and I haven't even gotten a, a tweet acknowledgement, which I'm a little salty about. From one small boy to another, mm. I feel like there should be an acknowledgement there. But I, I mean, I- the fact that he didn't even acknowledge my George Costanza tweet about George Costanza getting stuck in the stairmaster, <laughs> I thought for sure I was going to get a Joey, Joey Small uh, acknowledgement there. But it is what it is. Keep up the good work, Joey. Mm. Uh, I still love you, even if you ignore me. Um, I, I, did I don't one, think he's going to join the podcast. I did one where I said, uh, "For I hadn't gone to the gym in years, but uh, <laughs> but after watching some Joey's uh, small videos, <laughs> I've now been going every day for the last two weeks. I don't lift anything or touch any machines. I." Just look quizzically in the background of people's videos, <laughs> hoping they'll post on the internet asking what I'm doing because I know in caps lock my guy Joey Small will will have my back. I am wearing a suit in the videos. <laughs> did you actually tweet that? I, did. I missed that, but that's so fucking funny. Hold on, let me find. I'm tweeting a little less these days, so this actually should only take a, a second to to find. Uh, That's very good. I th- that actually, yeah. I said I hadn't been to the gym in a long time, but after watching a lot of Joey Swole videos, I've gone every day this week. I don't work out, and I make quizzical faces in the background of people's videos, trying to bait them into posting. I know my man will have my back! Exclamation point. I wear a suit. <laughs> Zero retweets, eight likes. <laughs> oh, man. That's tough. <laughs> that deserved better. I don't often think that your tweets deserve better, but that one deserved better. <laughs> I'm going to have to... I'll post that on the Patreon or something. Just be like... Yes. 
It'll do better there. Hey, everybody, in case you, hey, for, for, for the Patreon crowd, here's this tweet <laughs> I sent. It'd be very funny if we just use the Patreon to like bump our tweets, be like, hey, can you give this a quick retweet? <laughs> People, <laughs> you'll pay five bucks a month just so that you can be like, hey, can you retweet this? <laughs> Yo, Joey Small, his bio is CEO of Gym Positivity. He only follows 34 people. If you could get a Joey Small follow, that would be incredible. Huge. That'd be amazing. Hey, uh, speaking of asking you guys to do stuff, uh, patreon.com slash listen to brunch because we got that content coming fast and furious. If you listen to the last one, the. This past week of Your Honor was actually a really good episode of TV, and Michael Stuhlbarg was incredible, and there were so many good, like, Brian Cranston and Michael Stuhlbarg showdown scenes. Hope Davis continues to be the fucking Tasmanian devil. Charlie's doing his thing. Big Mo and Hope Davis and uh, Gina are dueling over who gets to buy the club and who gets to kill the club owner if he doesn't sell to them. Carlo is speaking more, which is never a good idea for Carlo. Fia is just doing her thing with uh, the baby that we've affectionately named affectionately named uh, New Rocco. It's a good time. Get on those bonus episodes. And even if you don't watch Your Honor, we don't talk Your Honor the whole time. We'll do some other stuff in there as well. They're a lot of fun. Plus, you've got the banging Oscars content coming, which is uh, really our bonus content hallmark each year. We've got some awesome stuff planned there, including, of course, the mini episodes about all of the Best Picture nominees. And lastly, a a personal plea. I, inspired by a comment from Pete on last week's episode of Brunch, I made a YouTube video. And while making it, it's the first YouTube video I've ever made. And while making it, I kind of... I sound like fucking Michael Scott right now, but like lightly got uh, a, a little bit of the the bug of like teaching myself how to do some of the editing shit or whatever. So the video that I made is like pretty decent quality. Anyway, uh, I posted it on YouTube. I'm not saying go watch it or anything, but I am saying uh, subscribe to that YouTube page. Obviously, you're probably subscribed to the Listen to Brunch YouTube page. If you're not, do that. But uh, on YouTube, I'm Brave Dave Bean. Pete, do you have a YouTube page? I do. Um, oh, I for video game stuff. Yeah, video game stuff and work stuff. Um, I, I don't know what it what it is. I think it's like Pete Blackburn TV. Ah, because they didn't have the the regular handle. That mine's yeah, mine's just Brave Dave Bean. Uh, get get on there. I'm. I'd like to, uh, especially during the the no day job time i'd like to post a few things on there i like i've also been uh pete and i have been working on some stuff i've been making a couple things here and there that uh haven't seen the light of day yet but i kind of i think we're both kind of like trying to to learn how to be more self-sufficient where we're like we're learning shit that maybe has been like a weak spot or a blind spot for us in the past in terms of like video editing um and like photoshop and shit like that like i think you're sinking a lot of time in, but it's it's kind of inspiring me too as well. Good. I I, I mean that that's kind of how it happened with uh, Photoshop stuff. You were I, I had work friends who were really good at Photoshop. I knew that you did some stuff that were Photoshop ish things, like you knew how to do uh, a couple of tricks. And this I'm talking like now, like maybe seven years ago or something like that. And I had Photoshop for resizing images. At, back when I was covering the 
Bruins, but I didn't really know how to do stuff. But there were a couple things that I either wanted to make myself or wanted to make for you or whatever. And just like trial and error, got like good at Photoshop. And I'm not, I don't think that I'm there yet, uh, like video wise, but Mm -hmm. I love giving yourself a task that's kind of interesting to you and then being like, all right, how can I make this look? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool to know how to just do different stuff. Um, I famously don't know a lot about a lot. So, um, there's a lot of room to learn. So I'm excited that you're, you're branching out and I'm probably going to be inspired to follow suit shortly. I've been fucking around with, um, Lightroom. I don't know if you fuck around with, with Lightroom at all. I don't think I've ever opened it. Yeah, it's um, it's for like photo editing. It's 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 a lot simpler than Photoshop, and I've been kind of fucking around with that recently. So, I feel like maybe by the end of the year we might hit all of the Adobe products in our knowledge. Oh, dude, I've uh, I don't love all the Adobe products, famously. Yeah, but I I'm happy to keep uh, picking up more and more of them. I'm gonna have to end up buying like 400 uh, computers. I, I got you to watch The Last of Us. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, you really pulled my teeth to get me to to check out episode three, but you did, you did like break some Last of Us news to me because ahead of episode three, you texted me and were like, "Yo, did you know that episode three is supposed to be a fucking like banger of an episode? Shitbox, this is a yeah. huge one." Um, and I didn't know, I didn't know that episode three had um a ton of hype to it attached to it, and so. You got you got that those juices flowing in me before episode three started started playing. Yeah, I was uh, I I'd seen the last the last couple of days before people who had seen it uh, critics and stuff were just saying you can't be prepared for how good this is and what a spectacular episode of television and I'd only seen two episodes of The Last of Us and hadn't played the game or whatever so I obviously didn't know what to expect but. With those types of shows, like in The Walking Dead, whenever they'd be like, uh, oh, my God, this episode of The Walking Dead is insane. Be like, all right, well, something's going to blow up and everyone's going to fight or something like that. And um, I hope everyone who's going to see it has seen it, by the way, because we'll have to get into some spoilers here. But once I watched it, I everybody I knew who watches Last of Us, which is a lot of people, I was like, See this as soon as possible. Yeah. A, just so you can be alive longer having seen it. Just so more of your life has that show. And also, I want to talk about it. And you said, like, there was no way that you could, like, be prepared for it because you didn't play the game. But, like, this was the first major deviation from the game. So even if, like, somebody like me who's obsessed with the games, no way I could have been prepared for this because they went so far away from what we came to expect from that storyline the the bill storyline so uh it was it was cool like I, I thought it was a really awesome experience because it was the first time that anything was brand new for both sections of people and to the the way that i i sort of like summed it up when i tweeted about it was like they took their first home run swing and they fucking launched it <laughs> like they absolutely crushed the big first deviation that they went away from and that inspires so much confidence in the series moving forward yeah yeah i i I like that uh these episodes the last two episodes uh the the second to last one had a 
super long open. It was like maybe like eight, ten minutes or something like that. I like when shows do that. Um, not quite drive my car esque, but mm-hmm. sort of like that. Forty five minutes. Yeah. And this, did you uh, see the, the um, speaking of long run times? Did you see that there was a two hour cut of this episode? Oh my god, give it to me! I'd love it. Yeah, right. I don't really care about the uh, the Joel and Ellie part of this episode, although it's it's obviously good and important. But yeah. knowing that uh, there will always be more Joel and Ellie, and here's where some spoilers come in. Uh, this is kind of our last shot at getting uh, certainly Frank. But uh, Bill stuff as well. So I thought it was fantastic. I knew that Nick Offerman was going to be in this show. I didn't know for how long. I assumed a long time. This episode uh, would suggest that he's not going to have a super long run on the show. But he was great in this episode. Will absolutely get an Emmy nom for it if... uh, if folks aren't too busy, Murray Bartlett should as well. I thought that Murray Bartlett was probably even better than Nick Offerman in this episode, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. But I thought that that Nick Offerman was amazing, and he, he's he was. I thought that he was an amazing casting choice for Bill, even just based off of who I knew Bill to be in the video game. Um, but the, like the way that they developed and like fully fleshed out this character, which I, I did think was a very interesting character in the video game, but like didn't have a full story you didn't know a whole lot about him he was kind of i don't want to say one-dimensional but he was he was like a curmudgeon old survivalist who um had like a bitter attitude and they they really they they started in that that spot and they really expanded and gave him a full story and it felt like a much a much more deserved uh story and um like telling of a tale for a, a, a very interesting character. So like, I loved everything that they did with, with, uh, with Bill. Am, am I disappointed that I'm not going to get some of the stuff that was in the game? Because like in the game, uh, Joel, Ellie and Bill do have scenes and chapters together. And I really enjoyed those in the game. That's why I, I grew to love Bill. So I am disappointed that we're going to miss some of that stuff. But in terms of like the the greater goal here, I love what they did. Yeah, and if 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 in your first three episodes you have like an all timer, and I mean a lot of shows their first episode is amazing, but to have really good episode, like really good first two episodes, and then bring goal to the table with the third one, and obviously that's a, an episode they can't repeat, but. Maybe they could do stuff like that with fleshing out other characters that aren't there for super long. I obviously don't know the game well, but there's got to be people that they come in contact with where you could be like, all right, what were their last 20 years like? Because you do kind of grow up and grow old with Frank and Bill. Man... But yeah, there there are a lot of like they, they meet a lot of people because yeah. they, they travel across the United States and like they meet a lot of people. And I think that where you're going to see I don't think it's it's always going to be um an hour of just spending spending time with those people like you did with with Frank and Bill. By the way, Frank was like not a not a char- a character in the video game. He was a character in the video game, but he was not alive. Um so you never meet Frank in the in the video game. So that whole thing was brand new and I thought that was great. Um 
I don't think you're going to spend an hour on every like character that you meet in in the journey, but I do think they're going to start where where the show is going to thrive is fleshing out those those secondary characters where you, you kind of were limited in the game. I'll tell you what, there's a a funny tweet prompt that I like that's been being mocked a lot the last couple of weeks is uh like Margot Robbie dating. <laughs> oh no. Uh what's a good male performance oh, yeah. where blank like I saw one that said, uh, "What's a good male performance where he's moaning and whimpering?" <laughs> There's like stupid shit like that. But like, wh- what's a movie where the food looks so good and you're just like, "Food always looks good on like in, on camera." Shut up, yo! That episode is a episode where the food looks great every time. Strawberries, man! Never gonna look at strawberries the same again. I mean, fucking uh, I, the Last of Us, Red Rocket, handshake meme. <laughs> you ever seen that movie? Red Rocket. I yeah. watched it recently. Yeah, Movies. I don't remember strawberries though. The, it's like the secondary character in the movie. Oh yes, okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about actual strawberries, but yes, good call. No, um, but when he plates the dishes when he serves them to uh frank in the little turn that he does his the their final dinner that they have when nick offerman or bill comes through the door to hand him his plate something about the just the acting there was so good that you could tell that nick offerman put the care into it of like i've been doing this with my partner every fucking day for 20 years. This is just all habit. And he, this guy knows exactly what it's going to be. What it's going to look like. All of this. And he he was just... I, I, I thought they were both so outstanding. Like I said, I haven't seen it. But I didn't know that Frank would be the one that gets... Uh, that, that would die first. Yeah, and... Uh, Especially, like, after the attack. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was... There was a lot of twists and turns with the, the way that they, they told that story. And I, th- I think my... I'm not surprised that it's there's been pushback on this on, on the way that they told that story and the way that they decided to go. Um, specifically from, like, the video game people. Because anytime you do an adaptation, there are scores of people that are like, I want to see this as a carbon copy of what I enjoyed the first time around. And I don't fully understand that when it comes to adaptations. Like I understand wanting to be faithful, but I don't understand wanting to see the exact same thing that you've already seen. Um, But, but like you're allowed to, to, to like or dislike some of the deviations and creative different creative choices that they make. And I think, it was fully predictable that people were going to be like, "Oh, they're shoving, they're shoving homosexuality in our face and down our throats." Uh, the Hollywood agenda strikes again, and and like that shit is way easier to combat now because it's like, "Yo, Bill was gay in the game. Shut the fuck up." They're just like literally telling his story. Um, but I think the thing that bothered me the most about like some of the pushback was people saying that it was filler or it served no purpose to the to like the storyline, which just isn't fucking true because that's that the way that they told that story did move the Joel and Ellie storyline forward because 
number one, uh, like the, the entire purpose of Bill's existence in the game was to get Joel a truck. And like that, that still happens. He still serves that purpose in this episode. Um, number two, it, he sets up Joel and Ellie with a ton of equipment, guns, uh, food, uh, all, all this like equipment that they need for their journey, including the truck across the United States. And the, for the most important thing, and I don't understand how anybody misses this, is the letter and the message that Bill relays to Joel is literally gives Joel his purpose for the remainder of the series, which is to take care of Ellie and like to prioritize the love and relationships that he has with people to continue to move him forward in a world that's gone to shit. Like that is the biggest message that comes away here. And now you don't have to question, well, why would Joel do this for the remainder of the series? Because now you fucking know. So the, the, the Bill storyline, the way that they tell it, Gives you everything that you need to know when it ties to Joel. It holds up a mirror to Joel for the remainder of the series. So to say that it serves no purpose or is filler is like you have no brains. To, if when you, when you come away with that take, you have no brains. They want to pick up. So they go to Cumbies and they get to Bill's house. They read a letter and Ellie's like, what you reading? And he's like, oh, just this dick saying that he didn't like me. I knew he didn't like me. Let's go. You ever been in a car? Fuck that. <laughs> right. Give me that gay shit, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and and like that and so like because of because of that message and because of like that purpose that pushes the storyline forward, it makes the way that they told the Bill and Frank storyline make so much more sense because in the game, Bill Bill's message is the complete opposite to what it is in in the the series here because like in the game, Bill says uh, caring about people is only good for one thing. It's good for getting you killed. And they completely flip that message on its head. And by because of that, they have to flip the relationship on its head. Because in the game, Bill and Frank had a falling out. They Frank kills himself and leaves Bill a message that says, I never really liked you. I never liked you. You were fucking annoying. And like, this, oh, wow. This so the, was, the yeah. I never liked you letter in the game is from Frank to Bill. Yes. Yeah. Whereas in this, it's from Bill to Joel. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So they flip the entire relationship on its head. And as a result, the, the, the message that Bill gives to Joel also gets flipped on its head, but it all fucking works and it doesn't work unless you explain why Bill has that message, man. The pre-Frank stuff was awesome. The scene of all the shit going down with the soldiers taking the people away from the town and yep. Bill hanging in the basement. And uh, I think, I think like White Room is playing or something as he goes around and gets all the shit that he needs and he builds his fucking crazy ass fortress. All that's amazing. I, one of the one of the best things that I liked about this episode too was like sort of the entrapment factor at the beginning, where uh, they have this character like uh, like Bill, who's a survivor survivalist, um, is is like very manly, very uh, very tough, like has tons of guns, 
survives off the land, has like a don't tread on me flag, mm. is uh, like presumably a military veteran. And like I can just imagine a, a lot of like dumb people and like dumb, ignorant people being like, hell yeah, finally a real that's man. <laughs> Where that's our guy. Hell yeah, brother. We're going to get see this guy. Fuck up some zombies. Hell yeah. This this uh, this next hour is going to be fucking... It's going to rule. And then all of a sudden it's like, here is a gay love story for the next hour. Hope you enjoy it, everybody. <laughs> I, I, the, imagining how mad some of those people got once they realized what was happening gives me so much joy. Yeah, that's what I said off the, the top, the tweet that was like, all those people... Uh, <laughs> Seeing this guy and knowing this story and then getting two gays singing Linda Ronstadt and growing <laughs> old together as they like bicker about uh, the garden and how to paint the local boutique. Mwah! It's so good. And also the fact that like Bill – again, like Bill's purpose is to give Joel a car. I saw somebody tweet like, I love that The Last of Us writers were like, okay – uh, Bill needs to give Joel a car. What if we write an hour of the most uh, like heartbreaking and heart wrenching television that you've ever seen? Yeah, man. I mean, I was all uh, teary teary eyed at the end. That uh, that last shot. Yeah, was how could you not be brilliant? The last scene was the open window, the Linda Ronstad, which brings me to. I knew the second. I knew the second they sat down at that piano. And Frank is like, oh, he's opens up the bench and he's going to get some sheet music. I was like, well, whatever this fucker is about to play is going to be the next uh, running up that hill. Uh, all right. Let's see what it's going to be. Who's about to make a deal with God? And it was a long, long time by Linda Ronstad, which made me so happy because she fucking rules. I was like, this is awesome because a lot of people, obviously, Linda Ronstadt was huge in the 70s and uh, 80s. Uh, 1989, she had uh, Don't Know Much by Aaron Neville. You definitely know, with no Aaron Neville, you definitely know that song, right? I don't know. I don't know how much, but I know how I love you. You don't know that? Yeah, okay, yeah. So that's with, uh, that's those two. She fucking rocks. And I knew... That like she's trending on Twitter every fucking day. Everybody's I'm seeing her the tweets, people being like, "Oh, look at this video, Linda Ronstadt, blah blah blah." Fuck to the yeah. Now, <laughs> now you step into my office, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Have you been listening? Yeah. Have, you, no. have you checked? Have you been like, who is this lady? No. She Not was a... dude. She was the fucking hottest. Linda Ronstadt like, in, like, physically in, like, or like in yes. the hottest in the game. Okay. She yes, she was an extremely hot person. Okay. She good for her. Awesome fucking awesome singer, monster singer, and uh, the Eagles wouldn't have happened without her because they would all. She was from Arizona. They would all hang out at the uh, Troubadour when uh, they all got to L.A. and she heard a band covering one of her songs. And she was like, oh, I like, I like this drummer. And the drummer was Don Henley. So she got Don Henley for her band. And Glenn Fry was in a duo with J.D. Souther. But then J.D. Souther quit that. 
So she brought Glenn Fry in her band. Don Henley, Glenn Fry hit it off. They're torn with her, and she's huge, but they're like, yo, we want to start our own band. So instead of being like, oh, you guys leave me high and dry, fuck you, blah, blah, she says, oh, you know who you should get is Bernie Ledden. So she hooks them up with the guitarist. They start this band. The rest is fucking history. And she ended up covering a song uh, on the Eagles' second album called Desperado and made that song a big hit and helped the Eagles further take off. She did them so many fucking solids. And that fucking rocks because, I mean, back in the day, back in 1970, it's pretty fucking cool that people were looking out for each other that way. Yeah. I mean, anytime, like, anytime. Especially the fucking woman who's probably getting, there's fucking line a mile long of people trying to fuck this person over every which way. And she's like, yo, I fucking run this shit. Let yeah, and also, like, anytime out. you can take something personally and you choose not to and you choose to help and, like, be of service, like, that's a cool thing. Yeah, I could uh, I could make you a little playlist or I could just send you a fucking couple of videos, but she rocked. I, uh, I remember years ago, Steve Conroy gave me um, videos of uh, the Johnny Cash show and I just watched all the episodes and Linda Ronstadt was on one of them and I was like, who is she? She just electric magnetic and i love that now people of a of all different shapes and sizes and generations are going to be way in love with her she's i already saw uh someone posted a screen grab that was like who is linda ronstad the the artist whose song is now five thousand percent spiking on spotify or whatever love that no one deserves it more I hate that because you didn't do it. Like the fact that you kind you could have seen this coming. You watched The Last of Us. The fact that you didn't jump all over that is a missed opportunity. What do you mean? You should be like the guy who's like in like with pop culture stuff. You did it with Megan, like with the 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 song played on the piano and Megan. How did oh, you yeah. not jump on like The Last of Us? Be like, yo, know, this song that was played in The Last of Us or like a, an incredible episode. Here's what I love about this. Or like, oh, here's the history yeah. of this. You should be that guy. Yeah. Like, there's a guy. There's a guy um, who has like a big TikTok following who takes sporting events that are shown in pop culture and he tries to find out exactly what game they're showing. Oh. Like, you could be that guy, but like with music, with like music that's played, and like you don't necessarily have to obviously identify the song, but you could like here's some information about this song that's now becoming popular because of this thing. So here's my only concern with that. I'm cool with telling you, like, hey, this is who Linda Ronstadt is. I love her. She rules. I would feel a little icky being like, hey, everybody, me here to tell you about Linda Ronstadt because I have a lot of friends who play music and yeah, but, know but music like, and stuff and would be like, oh, cool. cool. Thanks, fucking Thanks, DJ. You want to tell us who the Beatles are next? But, here, but here's the thing. It's like you're – a lot of the stuff that you're you're doing you're you're trying to make it more accessible so like you've had I've to tone we, we we've had we've had these discussions where like you've got to kind of tone down your music nerdiness at some point and not make assumptions that everybody knows what you're talking about so like you know you don't want to be the guy that's like hey have you heard of michael jackson he's pretty popular but like for <laughs> something like that i 
it's it's not crazy or like douchey to be like Linda Ronstadt. Maybe not everybody knows who who that is. Yeah, you know what? So it's probably a little too late now, but you're you are right. I'd like to get my mind in that zone where your, after your that music, episode, your music like, stuff shouldn't always be like t- geared towards impressing music people. Oh, I don't think knowledge. it ever impresses. I don't. So I, I don't think it ever impresses music people. I think it impresses people who are interested in music, and that's that's. Uh, I think it impresses people like me, who right. That's what I mean, though. Like you're, I consider you like a music guy. Oh, okay. you you know too much about music to not be classified as a music guy in my mind. Oh, okay, I know what you're saying. Um, last thing we got to hit is uh, you you had an Eli Roth movie marathon. I didn't. You did. <laughs> I had an Eli Roth movie <laughs> marathon. I was very sick. This is uh, not the last thing that we have to hit. I, I really want to talk about you people. Oh, yeah, yeah, you people. Okay, we'll talk about you people in a minute. Uh, but, yes, I was uh, very sick over the weekend. And uh, when I'm sick, I think I've said this before, I'll intentionally watch things that I think are pretty bad. Like and a lot of times that ends up being like Blumhouse level stuff or uh, like the Belco experiment or something. I mean, as opposed to when you're feeling really good and you watch things that are really good, like Your Honor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. The honor, the Your Honor was so good this week it nursed me back to health. But I, I was very very sick. I'd gone to an eighty for Brady showing, which uh, we'll definitely talk about once that movie comes out. But I was lying in bed, and I went through so many fucking Eli Roth movies. I went through Hostel, Hostel Part 2, which I think this is the first time I'd seen those two movies in their entirety. Those movies are fascinatingly bad. Have you seen those movies? I haven't. I don't. I've seen parts of uh, one of them, but I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen them in their entirety either. I think the second one was better than the first one, but man, those are some really bad movies. Uh, I those checked are essentially out like Fav- human trafficking movies, right? They're uh, tourists get uh, tricked into going to this hostel where they kidnap you and then uh, sell you, right? Or like torture dis- you. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. They is they it's a place where people go. But they, but they to torture you for like an audience people. of rich people, right? That is in the. Uh, you might be thinking of the Purge too. That might be it. But that uh, might be it. Or or it could be uh, what's it called? Uh, Taken. They do that as well, where there's like a bunch of people bidding and stuff. Oh, maybe maybe it was Taken then. Yeah. Okay. That that makes more sense. Uh. So then we started texting about Eli Roth a little bit, and then I just had Eli Roth on the brain still. So I uh, one of the football games was so bad that I put on old favorite Knock Knock. And for some reason is like a staple of the brunch universe. Like Because I, I think that you describing Knock Knock to me was like one of the most enthralling experiences ever. But but we do have like somewhat of a of of like a weird obsession with Eli Roth just because he's so fascinating. Yeah. So yeah, and I really I, I looked. I was like, wait, how many Eli Roth movies have I seen? 
And then I was like, oh, he made that movie Death Wish. So then we texted about Death Wish a little bit, which was truly like a massive piece of shit movie. Really, really well, bad. The, it's very funny that you say we texted about Death Wish for a little bit because I literally think the extent of our Death Wish conversation was – Did you know you remem- – remem- Remember Death Wish? LMAO. And then my response was, yeah, what a fucking piece of shit. Terrible movie. <laughs> Awful. Awful. We must have known at the time that Eli Roth made it. There must have been something that drove us to see that movie. Um, I think it was just it came out at it, uh, Bruce Willis, and it came out at a time where like no other movies were out. Yeah, and and I think that like it was a little bit controversial for some reason at the time. Um, oh right, yeah, I think it was controversial because uh, some, did somebody die on the set? No, I think like the actual what the movie was about because it's about a guy. Who goes and uh, like kills the bad guys himself? Vigilante. Yeah, yeah, right. But I mean, isn't that that's the exact shit that uh, Peppermint was? That who with with Jennifer Garner? Oh, right, Peppermint right, movie? yeah, yeah. It was the exact same thing. Also, Batman. Um, <laughs> true. Good point. Uh, yeah, that's mm, good points here. Make so good points. But I, I think that we've been mostly fascinated by Eli Roth because he's never. He's never really done anything super good, and he's has some acclaim for some reason. I think the best thing that he's ever done was uh, the Bear Jew in Inglorious Bastards. Yes, I mean he's certainly known for uh, some acting as well. I think that him being, I think that like being Tarantino's guy is a big claim to fame for him. Big claim to fame is that he's from Newton, Massachusetts. That is that is right. So I did Hostel, Hostel Part Two, uh, Knock Knock. I read the Wikipedia summary for Hostel Part 3, even though that movie wasn't Eli Roth. Uh, Looked up other movies he made, texted with you about Death Wish. And this is is where it gets crazy. Then you asked, oh, wait. Oh, did you see that that crazy cannibal one that he did? And I was like, oh, is is that Green Inferno? You said, yeah. So last night, I thought about watching it, but it wasn't streaming anywhere. So I started reading the Wikipedia page. Halfway through, looked crazy. Like, looked like, it seemed like it's a wild movie. So I was like, maybe I will. I threw on the trailer, looked way too scary, confirmed, not watching. So I finished reading the Wikipedia summary, but left me with a couple of questions. So... I tried to find a specific clip online, but I couldn't find it. What I could find was, you know that YouTube channel, uh, Movie Clips? Yes. Where they'll have like a couple of clips of a movie, and it'll be in like a little playlist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they had seven clips of Green Inferno. So I watched seven scenes from Green Inferno, which didn't answer my questions, but did kind of break up the scariness of the movie for me. Because I'm okay. like, okay, now I'm watching like some of these things that I know happen, and I'm watching them all a cart when, and I know by the title of this clip what's going to happen. So at this point, I'm like, all right, now I don't think I'm as scared anymore, and I've seen a bunch of the movie, but I still have a couple of questions. So now I'll rent the movie and fill out the rest by skipping around, mainly to watch the very beginning. And the very end. So. This is psychotic. I put on 
the I by the way I texted you a couple of times throughout this and you were very confused. You were like, "Are you watching Green Inferno right now or are you not watching?" <laughs> you you said like you were like I'm I'm you're like you were like, I'm fascinated by Green Inferno. Got to watch the trailer. Then you text me back. We're like, just watch the trailer. Definitely not watching this movie. Way too scary. And then like 30 minutes later, you were like, so Green Inferno is kind of crazy, huh? <laughs> I'm like, are you watching it? And then at one point you said uh, you were like, uh, you were like, this is a fascinating journey. Thought about watching it. Uh, read the Wikipedia. Watch the trailer. Blah, blah, blah. And now you're watching it. And you you did it in like four steps. I was like, oh, that's adorable. There's like <laughs> that's eighteen other fucking half. things happened for this to happen. So, I, this- I mean, like for a movie that that garnered a ton of ton of reaction based off of how how like psychotic and unhinged it was. Uh, your journey to watching this movie may be more psych, and not only journey journey to watching it but like you're watching process of this movie maybe more psychotic than the movie itself craziest way i've watched a movie ever for sure uh so i I got to see the very beginning and uh the very end so i watch the beginning and then like it's it's already playing so i just keep watching all the way through and about 40 minutes in Got to a truly horrible scene. They're like, I, I can't believe this was in a movie. It was terrible, so I couldn't watch. Fast forwarded through that. Uh, this movie threatens a lot of horrible things. So fast forward through a couple of those things. Uh, but basically, I ended up just like watching the whole movie after all that. And it was, let me tell you, even when I'd read the Wikipedia summary and watched seven scenes of the movie on YouTube... It was very late at night by now because it had taken me all day to figure out whether I was watching this movie. But I would, dude, I was fucking scared. That's really? Sca- that's like one so of the scariest get- movies I've ever seen. So you're giving them credit? Yeah. I mean, th- this movie's insane. It's, uh, if anybody's seen the movie, it goes without saying. It's uh, outrageously racist. It's, uh, like intentionally or? I, I think. Think kind of. It's about uh, it's about uh, like college, like American college activists who uh, are idealistic and are like, oh, I'm going to change this thing by going to a protest or whatever. And like, all right, fine. Two steps later, now you're in uh, the a forest with no phone, and uh, this tribe of people are cannibals and they do horrible, horrible things that I won't even fucking say on here. And it's basically like made, uh, made foreign people the scariest thing that there could ever be. And that's kind of what a lot of Eli Roth movies do. Like they make Slovakia look very, very, very scary in the hostel. Uh, do you, I mean, is there is there value in like watching the movie just beyond like the torture porn or just yeah, like, yeah. shock I, so, value? I so uh, again, I I think that like that the the element I just described is for sure may, maybe something that Eli Roth can explain better, but that aspect doesn't seem uh, too deep, so that's not very great, and the. 
the scariness of it and like fuck the order in which they choose to eliminate characters and i got this movie's well made in a lot of ways i oh, checked what it is on rotten tomatoes i think it's like a 40 on rotten tomatoes or some rotten tomatoes or some shit but but that's that's also like you kind of got to take that with a grain of salt because like with a movie like this it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea like people are going to immediately write it off because of how violent and gory yeah. like that's been that's been tied to Eli Roth the, for better or for worse like his entire career where like a lot of the complaints that center around his movies are that they're just like gory for the sake of being gory or being like edgy for the sake of being edgy and there's not a lot of value there. So that's why I asked that question because I feel like that always comes up with an Eli Roth movie. And like from what I've seen, I haven't been impressed with too much of it, but maybe I shouldn't let that like that sort of, you know, whatever mark on him f- bleed into other projects. I want you to watch this movie now. I mean, I kind of want to do like Roth Week now. Oh where, my god! I mean, like you kind of already did it, but uh, there seems like there would be a lot of things to talk about in terms of Eli Roth movies and like what they do right and what they do wrong. Uh, do you know who stars in this movie? By the way, I do not. I don't know. I don't know anything about this movie. I just uh, I I saw it in the news cycle for a while, like a few years ago, when everybody was like, "This movie is insanely over the top." It's a, yeah, it's it's the fucking craziest movie in the world. But uh, it stars uh, Lorenza Izzo, who uh, most people would know from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She plays uh, Rick Dalton's wife, and uh, Confess Fletch. She plays the the co lead of that movie, and she's one of the Satan girls in Knock Knock. Was married also, to Eli Roth. Right. Yeah, she plays Eli Roth's ex-wife in real life. In real life, yep. But she was in like everything. So when I went, went to look up this movie, I was like, "Damn, she's it." He put her in every fucking movie he made, and then I saw that uh, they met on that movie on Green Inferno. Green Inferno, yeah. Which that's a crazy. Okay. Wait, Green, did, did Green Inferno come out after Knock Knock? Uh I no knock knock came out. I think later. knock knock was like was knock knock twenty seventeen or something. Knock knock was twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen in Green Inferno came out in twenty thirteen. Oh man, I thought I thought that the 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 news cycle around that movie I thought was way m- more recent. I mean, it's it's possible like a podcaster saw it and it yeah, took up an true. entire day of his life. <laughs> And interesting. That was a thing. Uh, a, a weird thing, by the way, the, in this movie, in the credits at the end, uh, it had people's Twitter handles. Oh, what? I'd never seen that before. That is wild. So, like, left to right, it was like Justine, Lorenza Izzo, at Lorenza Izzo, and had the that's little, like, and had the, the little, like, blue bird thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's so weird. Damn, they like took a shot there. They yeah. thought like this was the future. <laughs> it was like nah. Good for them. Um, I, I definitely do want to talk about uh, you people, but I also do want to mention first um, on the topic of directors that we're like oddly fascinated by and just like are pot committed to. Um, 
the M. Night Shyamalan movie, uh, A Knock at the Cabin, comes out this week. And, oh, my God, I'm so excited for that movie. And did you, I, 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 you can say whatever you want about M. Night Shyamalan, like, maybe not being, not being so good or like, <laughs> or, like, getting crazy amounts of hype for no reason. But my fucking fascination level with this guy and everything that he does it remains off the charts. I am, off the charts. You're so right. The lead up, it, you're always fucking excited for. I was so excited for The Devil, which obviously ended up being quite bad. Uh, we were both very excited for Old, which Old was solid, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. Old Old was solid. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like anything like to write home about, but like it wasn't a bad movie. Old was like as good. I'll fucking say it, like old is as good as the menu. People have just been fucking <laughs> yeah, weird about the menu. I think, man. I think you're probably yeah. You're I think, probably right. I think that I I don't say this with any judgment. I think a lot of the people that are blown away by the menu it's only saw one movie this past year, and it was the menu. I don't, I wouldn't say one movie, but I think that they they're you can probably count on one or two hands how many movies they watched in the past year. So it's it's like a shocking thing that obviously impresses. Because it has Ray Fiennes in but, it. But, I mean, like, think about, like, how – I think that, like, people who watch a lot of movies are – will be less less impressed by, like, some of the things that they do in that movie. Because, like we said, it's, like, the same tricks that a lot of Blumhouse movies pull. And it's just more – it's more dressed up. And the, and the performances are good and the actors are good. Like, beyond that, it doesn't do anything very special. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad that you brought up that – Knock at the Cabin is coming up because, A, we've both been very excited for this movie, blown away by that trailer. It's a very captivating trailer. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't talk about my, uh, my, my folks too much on here because I, don't want, I just don't want people to think, like, if they talk to me, it's going to turn it. What's that? That you have parents. No, no. Then, like... <laughs> That I'm like that I have conversations with loved ones for content or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> fucking, my dad said the, it was the most incredible thing. They went to see uh, they went to see uh, a man called Otto. My dad's gonna be pissed when he hears this because my mom, I think, does listen to the podcast sometimes. But uh, he's like that. That movie was okay. Like Tom Hanks really good which it's tom hanks he's usually real good and uh Not recently. The, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh like the the woman who played his neighbor was awesome like they basically had the same review that i had and i think that most people would see it uh w- would have and he's like i gotta say though we get there we watch the trailers and some of the trailers seem fine but there's one, there's this one trailer, and for some reason, I knew it was going to be Knock at the Cabin. He goes, this family, it's a nice family. They go, it seems like they're going on a vacation or something. It's the, it's the two guys and a daughter. And then I'm like, this is going to be the best. <laughs> He's like, and they go, and they're just trying to have this vacation. And these psychos show up, <laughs> and they say, someone's got to die. Who's making this movie? Why are they making a movie like that? You want to make the world crazy? What is this? My dad's going to kill me when he hears But I was like, oh, I love this. That is so good. He was very <laughs> upset with the knock at the cabin. 
trailer. The, the premise of somebody being inconvenienced and being like unacceptable in Hollywood is so funny. It's just he wants nobody to be bothered. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I think that he like he didn't like that. Uh, he didn't like that it was like an apocalyptic thing. I think was his th- issue. It's, I mean, the way that you described it just seemed like he was very mad that somebody's vacation <laughs> was interrupted. You know, they're in the car. They're singing. Uh, they're singing. By the way, this is fine because uh, my dad sounds nothing like the impression I'm doing right now. No, uh, absolutely not. Your I'm, dad I'm, doing sounds... a com- I'm doing a completely made up voice. Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, they're. Nice family, couple of guys. Got uh, they're listening to Casey and the Sunshine Band. Got a young daughter who knows the words to Boogie Shoes. Everything. That's a fine movie. <laughs> Why you got to bring in these crazies? Do love the idea, like of a character that just gets upset anytime there's conflict in a movie. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about you people. Yes, uh, I'll tell you what. I was planning on watching this anyway because had a good cast, but Incredible some friends had cast. seen it. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, uh, good watch, kind of cringe. Check it out." So I did, and honestly, that was my takeaway. I've seen a lot of people hate it. I've seen uh, some people love it. I didn't hate it. I think that there were some really, really outrageously cringy parts and i wonder who those parts were made for because i don't think anybody's gonna feel uh i don't think anybody's gonna watch those and think that they're not cringy as fuck shane gillis has a line in one of his specials maybe his only special where uh he says uh like he and his black friends when they watch slavery movies they're like Am I supposed to like this? Or you like, who's this? Just makes us all they feel terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't want to, none of us want to look at any of this. Uh, this was a lot of cringy humor that uh, at times was making fun of certain people, but also kind of was cringe porn. Yeah. And so I, I, I kind of fall in the same category as you, where it's like, I, it was an, it was an interesting watch and uh, I didn't hate it. But I, I will say, like, I was I was never, like, thoroughly impressed by it. And I think that I like it less the more and more I think about it. Um, just because it seems to stand in place for a whole lot of the movie where they keep going back to the same well over and over again. And there's, like, a lot of funny shit in this movie. But so much of it is repetitive. And uh, there's like no movement off of that until like with three minutes left to go in the movie. So it was definitely, it was definitely not what I expected. And like, ultimately it's, um, it's a rom-com that stars Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Like the cast is fucking stacked top to bottom. Neil Long. Um, like it's, it's stacked. So, it's a romantic comedy that's like funny, but like pretty stupid, even though it does like make some social commentary that is valuable. But like ultimately, I think that this movie is is kind of dumb and a dumb rom-com with that cast seems ve- like I don't know who it's made for. And it feels like it's beneath a, a lot of the people involved in that movie. 
And that's that's really kind of where I landed and why I dislike it the more I think about it. Especially because, like, Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy are kind of, like, billed as the two stars of that movie. And, like, their relationship is kind of, like, what they sell you on. But their relationship doesn't go anywhere over the course of the movie. So I thought that that was really disappointing. The ending is so horrible. It's horrible. Like, well, what the fuck did I just do for an hour and a half, you know? Right. Yeah, like, the, the pacing of it is... Like, I stopped the movie about an hour and five minutes in, and I thought that we were, I thought that I was about done because they, it seemed like they were like making some big plot changes and they were actually going somewhere. I was like, okay, they're gonna, they're probably gonna wrap this up in the next like 20 minutes. And there was 45 minutes Man. left. And I was like, what the fuck? So the this movie was very, uh, very confusing in a lot of different ways. Both and like who it was made for, why the people, why they did it with such a big cast when it could have been done with with nobodies really, and why the actors would would choose to do that movie. Like they just probably got the bag, but it's crazy. It just seemed like that movie was beneath all of those people. I know that this was on purpose for, like I said, cringe porn, but it featured truly one of my least favorite movie scenes. Ever like the hardest Spa scene? No, that obviously was very terrible. And I mean, every scene with Julia Louis Dreyfus was like the hardest, te- right. the hardest watch ever. Uh, I'm talking about the rise up scene. Oh my god! I know where Julia Louis Dreyfus is singing "Rise Up," which is a terrible song. I, I, I don't think many songs are terrible. That's a really terrible song, but she's singing that song to her future daughter-in-law, and it's so fucking uncomfortable. It's bad enough you're hearing a song that's not so good, <laughs> and to like even that song, which is not a good song, deserved better than being mocked the way that it was. It was that that was so fucking hard for me to watch, man. And, but as you said, they really – they were like, yo, Ju- Julia, JLD, uh, you're going to have to Hope Davis this. Every time you're in a scene, do some crazy how could she do that shit shit. And Yeah, there, there's like no character development until like the final three minutes of the movie. And also like the, 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 a, lot of the, the, a lot of the characters are very confusing both in, just in terms of like there's no depth to them mm-hmm. and – like Jonah Hill's character was so confusing because in one scene he could have a solid head on his shoulders, have like a real situational awareness, a real social uh, – can take social cues and be totally fine. And then in like the very next scene, he's a guy who just completely loses like all his motor functions and like does the dumbest things in the history of the world – and then, well, the next scene will go back to being a well-adjusted human being. It was very confusing to to lock down who that character was. And I don't like to count somebody else's money, but I'd also like to get a look at his books, his this character's books. <laughs> Why? Because he's, he's like a he's a podcaster. He's like doing a he he basically like has a brunch, right? Mm-hmm. That's like he's he's got yes he, yeah he's doing like a brunch level podcast, and uh, he. Has a job that I think 
isn't great, right? He describes it as like not. He great, dislikes but pays it, but it plays, but it pays well. Yeah, like he's in oh, finance oh. or something. Okay, so it does pay well. Okay, I was it does say. pay well. Yeah, like I think that like him quitting that job to go into podcasting was seen as a very dumb thing to do because he was he was making a lot of money. Um. Oh, okay. And, Sorry. And, so that's so, and I'll I'll withdraw that. If, if okay, yeah, so but was, I like, will say a leap of faith or whatever. I thought it was like. He wasn't making much money and he was like, all right, now I'm going to put a little more energy into this thing and take away like my only real source of income. And uh, uh, so let's get a house. Yes. Uh, like, like, man, like what kind of dummy is she just like buying him a house? <laughs> I mean, if we're really nitpicking on the podcast thing, this movie has way bigger problems than than needing to do that. But like he quits the job. Goes full in on the podcast, and then uh, they're never facing the mic. That did bother me immediately. They record a podcast, and they talk to each other while not facing the microphones, and that drives me crazy. Um, But no, he quits his job, goes full in on podcasting, and then three months later, he has like a fully televised podcast uh, on on complex, uh, complex, yeah, and like, and it ha- it's like they record in front of like in like a legitimate TV studio with like a studio audience. Basically, you're you're to feel that like they Jesus become Jesus and Marrow, yeah, yes, and that happened in three months. Like my brother in Christ, if that show did not take off in the first forty five minutes of the movie when you were doing it, I don't know what you committed to in the three months that like that you were doing it full time, but I guarantee that it did not blow up that big in three months. Yeah, it's not great, uh, but it's not terrible. I, I've seen people like really crushing it. I don't think it's a terrible movie. What'd you I, give it on Letterboxd? Did you grade it? I forget what I, I don't know. I, I don't think I did, but I'd give it, uh, I'd give it like, uh, I'd give it three stars. Yeah, I gave it two. Like I, I didn't, no. I didn't like it. Um, Again, like it had funny parts, and I was interested in the like the whole time, but just could not pinpoint where the fuck they were going or what they were trying to say or why anybody did that movie. Uh, it just it was very very confusing. I locked in. Uh, I locked in my letterbox score for eighty for Brady too quick. Like an, like ten minutes after I put it in, I was like, damn, I'd like to change this to uh, like even a. Like a full star different than what I had said. I think I think within tw- like twenty four hours of your original logging, you're allowed to change. Uh, it's also... happened to me. I've been too quick on the on the grading, mm-hmm. like where I'll grade a movie immediately after I saw it, after I see it, and I I, I, I got to stop doing that. I got to give myself like f- four four or five hours, like at least, to think about it. Yeah, and because I've changed. I've made a lot of immediate changes. Um, in, in recently, and I I want to stop doing that. All right, patreon.com slash listen to brunch. Get on there. We love you. We got more stuff uh, coming. Also, uh, check out on uh, Twitter, uh, Celeb News Now. It's uh, correct. And uh, this weekend's Your Honor may be a little bit delayed. Uh, like Your oh, Honor yeah. bonus episode. Uh, I'm going to the going to Florida for the All Star game. NHL All Star game this weekend. Yeah. Uh, we will be able to record it on Sunday, so maybe we can immediately get it up afterwards. Um, but TBD. If it's if it's a little late, cut us some slack. But we, there will be a Your Honor recap episode. Check out CNN on on Twitter. Hell yeah! There's a new CNN in town, folks.